is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope you're doing fantastic. I'm doing great. Had a great weekend. Uh, had a little lake day, went kayaking. It was beautiful. Uh, watched a little golf today. I got my first uh, fantasy draft coming up tonight. It's about, uh, oh shit, what do we got? Two, two and a half hours. I got my first fantasy draft pump for that. One of four. First of first of four. Hopefully, hopefully get a couple wins this year. But we're not gonna talk any fantasy. We're gonna talk a little fantasy. We're gonna talk real football because that's what we got going on. We're gonna talk a little Big Ben, looking a little healthy out there on the field. Steelers, maybe, maybe I slept on him a little bit. We're talking a little Big Ben. Quarterback battles going on in the NFL. I have some thoughts on because uh, I hear a lot about quarterback battles in the NFL. And then there's there's a lot of news going on in the league right now. So I thought I would just go through. I'm just going to go through, I, I brought up a lot of uh, a lot of uh, bulletin points, stuff that's going on through the league, and we're just going to hit through them, and I'm just going to touch base on them right then and there, stuff that's just going around the league. Uh, before we get into everything, before we do all that, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if you have not done so. If you have, thank you, as always. But uh, all right, let's dive in on a Monday. So I decided to record the pod. I, I, I was watching golf, and... I, you know, doing some doing some mock drafts for the fantasy, watching a little golf, and I have some money on it. But John Rahm was just throttling everybody, and I, I had Cam Smith. He's four shots back. I think you know what, John's gonna run away with this. Let me go ahead. Let let's do the pod. Well, I look up and he's only you know two shots back. I got some money on the guy, so gonna have the golf on in the background, and we're gonna talk a little football at the same time. How can you beat it? Honestly, I I don't really know if you can. But uh, let's get a little Steeler football. Little Big Ben had a he had his preseason action last night or last yeah yesterday Saturday, um, and he looked he looked healthy. You know, a lot of people that go, oh, he looked great. You see Ben? You see him out there looking fantastic? Yeah, he made some good throws. But like it's big, it's Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's a future Hall of Famer. He has multiple rings on his fingers. Those are throws that he should just make, right? My thing is when I saw Ben, he just looked healthy. He did. He looked not like a 90-year-old dying man that has 17 cheeseburgers stuffed down his throat. Now, that's not saying he's gone on his diet and he's done that. He's still, you know, he's still got the belly. He's still Ben. He's still big Ben Roethlisberger. But he looked healthy. The shoulder looked good. His legs, he looked mobile. He looked like he'd been up on the elliptical machine doing his thing. Maybe putting it down a cheeseburger or two. But he looked healthy. You know, I don't know. I don't. How good is he going to be? I don't really know. I don't because last year it just down the stretch was just so poor. And the playoff game was just one. He definitely has nightmares about wants to forget. A lot of Steeler fans want to forget. But at the end of the day, Ben Roethlisberger, like I said, is a Hall of Famer. He's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. He is the greatest quarterback in Steelers history. I mean, I, I arguably, I guess, I mean, it's him and Terry, but Terry says Ben's better. I guess they had their beef, and now they're considering Terry said that he was better. But I, I don't know how the Steelers are going to be, but I know they're going to go as far as Ben can take them. And what I got out of that preseason game is Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. Now, can he stay healthy? I don't know. He's older in age. He can't really move around as much. He's going to be able to get sacked more. The good thing about him they have a run game now. They drafted a kid out of Alabama by the name of, I don't know, Najee Harris, who's going to be dominant and win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Put a little cash in my pocket at the same time. 
They also have a dominant defense and a force in T.J. Watt, who's going to get paid. Saw that today. I mean, the contract extension's getting close. He's going to get paid. Massive amount of money. It's going to be a huge deal. He's going to be the probably highest-paid defense player of all time. He's going to get – so Ben's got some stuff working for him if he can stay healthy. And if Ben Roethlisberger can be healthy, if he can be healthy a whole 17 games, how is he not the best quarterback in that division? Like, I know, I know like, Lamar has got an MVP, but we always say, can Lamar really throw it? You know, can he really make the big-time throws in the big moments? Right now, he hasn't. Baker Mayfield, I would never take Baker Mayfield over Ben Roethlisberger. I, even if I was blind, I would just know. Yeah, I just, uh and then you got Joe Burrow, who I like a lot, but is going to be his second year coming off of a fucking knee injury. So you're telling me if I have a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, how is he not the best quarterback in that division still? Your only argument is Lamar Jackson, and that is a valid one. And if Lamar has another MVP Lamar season and the Ravens take a leap where I think they can take this year, well, then Lamar would be the best quarterback. But until we see that, if you tell me I can go in with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger and I have to pick what quarterback I want to take in that division alone, just the AFC North, that's all we're talking about, these four teams, then I'm more than likely going to take Ben. It would, it would be between Ben and Lamar. And then I would have to throw Joe Burrow in there because I like him. But I'm not taking Baker Mayfield over Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not taking Joe Burrow and I'm not taking Lamar. I'm going to take Ben right now. So if I get a healthy Ben, and that's what that game was, is Ben healthy? Can he throw a football? Can he still move? Or is he just going to be a disaster back there? I don't think he's going to be a disaster. Remember how Peyton Manning was that last year in Denver? And he got carried by that defense, right? And it just, he made some throws. He had that four interception half against Kansas City. And he got they got benched for Brock Osweiler. It was bad. It wasn't good. Ben kind of looked like he was teetering on that last year to come into this year. But if he can just stay healthy, he's not like also Peyton wasn't healthy. I mean, he's had the he, Peyton had like the four neck surgeries. He was getting up there in age. Like he clear and he's not as and Ben's not mobile, but Peyton's way less mobile than Ben Roethlisberger. So if Ben can just be healthy and they can run the football, which luckily they got my boy Najee Harris is going to win them the offensive rookie of the year, put a little cash in my pocket. They still got Claypool. They still got they still got Juju. And now they got that young tight end from Penn State, uh, Fearmouth or Fearmouth, whatever. The kid's a stud, a baller. He really is. I, I, I expect him to get a lot of snaps, a lot of snaps early on. He's going to be dominating later on. He'll probably be their best tight end come come the end of the season. So if Ben can stay healthy, the Steelers, you know, they should be right at that mark where I think they can win. I mean, 10 games, 10 and 7 for this team. I think that's a good mark. And if Ben can be even better, if Ben is not, you know, I'm talking about him if he's just staying healthy and he's just a lifeline and he could just be Ben and they can run the football and they can play defense 10 games. But if Ben pulls out some Ben Roethlisberger shit out of his ass, all of a sudden we look up, the Steelers got 11, 12 wins and we're like, oh, did they just win the division again? Because Mike Tomlin's their coach and they got a great defense and if Ben can stay healthy, it can happen. Now look, I know I've been down on Ben for a while, but that's because of his health and because 
He doesn't take care of himself, and he, he doesn't have – he's not the most mobile guy, and he's not the best at the line. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but he's not the most accurate, but he's a winner, just like Terry Bradshaw, a winner. Terry Bradshaw couldn't throw a fucking a dart. He was terrible. That was a bad, expre- bad, bad one, but he, Terry Bradshaw, I mean, go back and look. He'll tell you. Like, go back. Terry Bradshaw didn't have an arm. He wasn't super accurate. He was just a winner. Dude just fucking won. Ben wins, and if Ben's healthy, I'm going to take that. And as, as much as I am down on the Steelers this year, which I am down on the Steelers, I don't think they'll win their division. I think it'll be either be the Ravens or the Browns, and I'm leaning on the Browns. I don't – so I, I'm still, after saying all this, good stuff, Ben can stay healthy. All that, I still don't think they'll win their division, but I think they'll win 10 games. I just don't think that's going to be good enough to win the division because I think 11 or 12 is going to have to. And like I said, if they can pull some shit – some Ben Roethlisberger stuff, and he can win a game or two. Or maybe TJ pulls up a great play, or they just get a couple rolls, you know, fumbles go their way, interceptions, kickoff return, whatever it may be, penalties, whatever. And they end up getting 11 or 12 wins, and maybe. They don't expect that. But if Ben can stay healthy, if big Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, I just still think he's the best quarterback in that division. All right, I wanted to get into the quarterback battles around the NFL and there's been a lot of talk and a lot of focus on them as you know there should be because quarterback is the most important position on the field it's the most talked about position it's the highest paid player you know you only go as far as your quarterback I I get it some of them being a little overblown but look we need it's preseason some of these guys are rookies and it is what it is. Media's got to reach for stuff. They got to talk about it. We got to go. And and I know guys like Urban Meyer said that Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew was a quarterback battle. That's not a quarterback battle, folks. That's this. We took Trevor Lawrence number one overall, right? Gardner Minshew was a fifth round draft pick. That yeah, it's played pretty good for being a fifth round draft pick. Two years in the league. Gardner Minshew is a bona fide backup in this league, one hundred percent. Easily, he'll be a high-paid backup for a long time in this league, just like Trubisky, just like Foles was. So there's that's not a battle, though. And so there's really about five quarterback battles, right, that I guess six if you want to count the Trevor Lawrence one, but I don't count that one. Five quarterback battles that everyone says are battles. Well, there's really not five. Really, there's only two. And out of those two, really, there's only one. And, and, and the, so we're going to talk about them a little bit. I, I, they're just, there's not that many. So let's go to the first one. Let's go to the Denver Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. So the Broncos acquired Teddy Bridgewater this off season. They, they pay, I, I, they didn't give him a huge contract. It was like four and a half, five million dollars because they're not super satisfied with Drew Locke as nobody is. But Drew Locke is coming into his fourth year. Right. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? I don't know. But what I do know is that he's a young kid that has some swagger with a strong arm. And what I know about Teddy Bridgewater, he's an older veteran that's pretty consistent with a weak arm. Doesn't make a lot of bad decisions. Doesn't score a lot of points. Drew Locke makes some bad decisions, but has a tendency to go on some scoring tears. You play in a division that has... Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. And you're going to roll out Teddy Bridgewater to try to win that division. I'm sorry, this is not a quarterback battle. As much as Vic Fangio wants to say it, I don't believe, do not believe that he is going to be okay with rolling out Teddy Bridgewater because your defense is going to be good. 
Denver's defense is going to be just fine. They're going to be a lot better. I mean, they've added pieces. Patrick Sertain, I'm hearing things. The preseason game's shown me. Hearing things at a camp. Seeing these videos at a joint practice. Hearing these wide receivers talk about him. These, this kid's the real deal at cornerback. They can get Von Miller back. Bradley Chubb. They, they got Wolf in the middle. They, they, are, they are fine on defense. Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties in the league. They are fine on defense. And you can go, okay, well, you know what? That makes sense. Let's just roll Teddy Bridgewater out there, and, and we can just shut everybody down and win every game, you know, 13 to 10 or 17 to 14. But it doesn't work if you play in that division. I'm sorry. You cannot beat the Chiefs twice a year, and you cannot beat the Chargers twice a year and think that you can beat them both 17 to 14 or 10 to 13. That's not going to happen. You're not going to hold Mahomes and Herbert. And Derek Carr in that offense. Let's 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 not let's let's not forget about Derek Carr, who's putting up hella good numbers. Who has Josh Jacobs in the backfield? Who has Darren Waller? Who has a better offensive line? Well, no, I'm not going to say better off. They did. They were on their way to have a better offensive line, and then Gruden fucking blew it up and ruined it. But it's got some pieces. That's a hard offense to stop. So you're telling me you're just going to go with with game manager Teddy Bridgewater, who just throws a BB dart, right? That's all he does. You throw 13 points, expect to win your division? That's not happening. This is not a quarterback battle. Drew Locke is the quarterback. You don't go any other way. Because if you start Teddy Bridgewater, you can't come back to Drew Locke. But if you start Drew Locke, you can go to Teddy. That, that's, that's what you do. You go, you start the young guy who's already been there three years. You might as well. The young kid has at least put up, has been in this, this division a couple years now, has played these teams twice a year, every year. He's throwing up. I mean, he's not throwing up great numbers, but he's throwing something up. It's more than Teddy Bridgewater can throw up. And I'm sorry, but when you have these wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Juju, uh, sorry, Juju, Jerry Judy, you got that uh, tight end, Noah Fant. I'm sorry, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get the job done as much as I like the guy. He doesn't get in with his little BB gun. Drew Locke has got a cannon, and I know he's inaccurate at times. He makes bad decisions. But he can be very accurate, and he, we see that. He almost beat the Chiefs. He's beating the Chargers. You know, we see him in high, high cast battles, and he makes stupid mistakes. But if you have a better defense to rely on it, and he's got another year to mature, I'm not saying he's the guy, but you can start Locke and go to Bridgewater. You can't do the other way around. So this isn't a quarterback battle. And they're blowing it up like it's the biggest quarterback battle out there. Who's going to start Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater? Either way, they're not going to the playoffs. I, I mean, I have them kind of as a dark horse playoff team, but I just don't see with both the, either one of those quarterbacks, unless Drew makes a dramatic jump, that how the, that that the Broncos are really going to be in the playoffs or a contender for anything. So why this is the number one competition, I don't know. I don't see it because I don't see a competition here. Another one where there's no competition: San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance and Jimmy G. The, what I know from watching that preseason game last night, and I didn't watch it I, from from rewatching it this morning. Is that Trey Lance is not a is, is is not a player that can't play. He's a player that needs to play. He needs game experience. And the San Francisco 49ers are now stuck. They're kind of in a predicament. Because I don't believe this is a quarterback battle either. I believe this is Jimmy Garoppolo's job. As much as he hasn't he hasn't won the starting job, but at the same time, Trey Lance is not there yet. But because he doesn't hasn't played enough games is why he's not there. So now you're in a predicament of a guy that's barely played a fraction of the amount of games that Patrick Mahomes played. And you can say, well, Patrick Mahomes sat out his year. Patrick Mahomes played way more games 
than Trey Lance played. Remember, Patrick Mahomes played way more games than he did. Trey Lance did not play that many games. He didn't play at all. He played one game last year. And before the year before, he only, he only played nine games in the season. Then their first team, they played 11 games. Mahomes was playing 12 games a year for three years in college, not including high school. Trey Lance has only got, I think the total was, Trey Lance has only played 16 college games or 18 college games or whatever it was. That's not a lot. Trey needs to play. But you have this predicament because he's not ready to play. But the only way for him to really be ready at this point because he hasn't played enough is to play games. But this isn't a quarterback battle either. But I think maybe last night, I wrote down this segment yesterday. And it kind of needed to be tweaked a little bit. But I'm still rolling with that this isn't a quarterback battle. However, we did see a little bit of some some uh, Taysom Hill style. They brought in that first drive. Shanahan brought in Trey Lance. As, 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 like in Taysom Hill style, and he took, he was taking snaps and was doing the thing. And like you can say, oh, we'll just do that throughout the season, have Jimmy start and bring him in, but that doesn't give the young man any confidence because it doesn't put him in a groove. That's not a real experience at a quarterback spot. You're coming in for a wildcat play. You're coming in to line up at quarterback and maybe run the ball or maybe throw the ball. Maybe you're not even coming in as quarterback. It's like that doesn't that doesn't do much. So the kid needs to play. That's what I see. He needs to play. He just needs more playing time. He can play. We see it. But right now, he's not ready. So this isn't a quarterback battle. Jimmy G is going to start. But Shanahan's in a tough spot because he, he – and I think he knows he needs this young man to play. That's why he kept him in for a long time. He kept, he kept him in way longer than he said he was going to. Uh, Trey Lance got like two and a half quarters. It, so that's not a quarterback battle, but Trey needs to play. Chicago Bears, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. Again, I mean, it's not a quarterback battle. Matt Nagy even said so, but the media is hyping it up because they want Justin Fields to start, which I get it. The Chicago Bears are a prime team in this league. They bring in a lot of TV viewers. They bring in uh, they bring in fans all over the country. They're a big market brand. I get it. Justin Fields is better than having Andy Dalton. You want the young, sexy stud, not the dad bod ginger. I, I Like, I get it. You know, I, I think Justin Fields should start too, but there's not a quarterback battle here. I mean, is I could say whatever I want about Andy Dalton, but that man got some balls last week coming out and saying Trey Lance is uh, uh, Justin Fields is going to have a great career, but right now it's my time to start. This is my time. I love that. I love that energy. It's not a quarterback battle. Justin Fields is not starting. Andy Dalton is going to start for the Chicago Bears. I I, I don't think I would do it, but he's going to start. So this isn't a quarterback battle either. And there's really not much tin to this. Eventually, Justin Fields is going to come in. He's going to look good. And he's going to have to sit behind. Now, whether that's week four, week eight, week 12, I don't really know. But I know week one is going to be Andy Dalton. It's it's pretty clear. Now, we have some quarterback battles, two actual quarterback battles, kind of. The first one, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. To me, in my heart right now, it's not a quarterback battle. You start Jameis Winston. To see Jameis Winston in this in this uh, Sean Payton offense is what I've been waiting for. I, I, I liked it when they signed him last year. I thought he could make him work really, really well. But Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. And because of that, in the last three years, Sean has come out multiple times saying he believes Taysom Hill last year a lot because Drew was down and Taysom came in and played like four games said that he is a starting quarterback in this league. He is 100% confident about Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback in this league. And because of that, I know that this is a battle. 
I have no idea who's going to start. I, I, I don't see how you can't start Jameis and then keep bringing Taysom Hill in as you were doing with Drew Brees. But I think Sean Payton is going to go with whoever is going to give him a best chance to win week one. Right? This isn't the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, uh, uh, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields thing. They drafted those guys. They're, those are rookies. They just drafted. They're playing a long-term future. So if Jimmy's got to start, okay. They didn't draft Trey Lance for 2021 of week one, right? They didn't draft Justin Fields for week one of this year. No. But Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, I mean, this is Jameis' second year. This is why they signed Jameis Winston. When Drew Brees leaves, this is why they had Taysom Hill. This is why Drew uh, Sean wanted to keep him for so much, for so long. He never wanted to let him go. Because when Drew left, he has somebody. And now he's got two guys that I believe he really likes. Two guys I believe he thinks he can win with. This is an actual quarterback for Sean Payton, right? This is the battle for Sean Payton in that organization. To me, it's not. To me, it's a no-brainer. You go Jameis Winston, you keep letting Taysom go, right? Just let him keep coming in like you did with Drew Brees. But I'm just the guy sitting on my ass talking in front of a microphone. I'm not Sean Payton to have a Super Bowl ring. So whatever he whatever he decides is probably the best decision. I think he's going to go Jameis. But I'm not going to be surprised if it's Taysom Hill. I just, I just won't be. I don't know if it'll last long, but I won't be surprised if week one, it's Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And then finally, Cam Newton and Mr. Mac and Cheese Jones, who kind of surprised me a little bit. He was just, he was Mac and Cheese, but just a little extra cheesy though. He was a little extra cheesy in that preseason game. He had a couple beautiful throws, a one where he rolled out, escaped the sack, was rolling to his left, threw, shifted his hips, threw a beautiful like 12-yard dart. But I couldn't tell if Mac Jones was being really impressive and good or the Eagles were just that abysmal because they are atrocious. That Eagles team is not, has not been ready for any preseason action it has seen. And the, the stories were that they were kicking the Patriots' ass in camp in their joint practice. That's what it was. It was the Eagles were getting to them. But yet, you know what happens? There's a difference between practice and, and the big time. And what I said on my last podcast, right before I recorded it, right before the game on fr- on Thursday, I said I was looking to see if Sirianni is ready for the big lights. I don't give a shit what you did and how good your team was against the joint practice. Thursday night football against Bill Belichick, you got your dick hole smashed, sir. What was it, 35 to nothing? It was a disgrace. Mac Jones tore you a new ass. Cam Newton ran you over. That defense destroyed you. You were horrible, Nick Sirianni. That defense, that offense, that special teams, everything. It didn't even look like you knew what you were doing. And I'm being harsh right now. And I don't give a fuck because it was terrible, Nick. Come on, man. You got to be ready to play. You let mac and cheese carve you up. He carved you up. And now... Just came across a couple hours ago, Cam Newton, he's out of practice half the week this week. He can't come back till Thursday, and he's going to miss their joint practice with the Giants. So Mac Jones is now going to get all those starting snaps a whole day of joint practice with the with the Giants, who are a good football team defensively, ladies and gentlemen. That's a good front. Joe Judge knows how to coach defensive lines and linebackers. He comes from the Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick tree. So that is great, fantastic news for Mac Jones. 
This is a quarterback battle, ladies and gentlemen. If it wasn't for how atrocious the Eagle was, the Eagles' defense was, and make Mac Jones look extra cheesy. I mean, super cheesy. Because he, I just thought he was just, I just thought he had a little extra cheese. Man looked like he had, you know, you know, the eight-layer cheese dip. The motherfucker had eight layers of cheese going on. Mac Jones was just killing him, cooking him. Because of the Eagles were so bad and Sirianni's underprepared, made him up, jump and elevate to probably maybe this is a quarterback battle. And now Cam Newton being dumb and a miss, miss, unknowing or whatever it is of the COVID conduct of where he can go get tested. So he's been going to get COVID tested because he doesn't, he has to get tested every day because he's not vaccinated. And then the league is now, there's like rules put in place. He, he's not getting the right procedures done for these COVID tests. So now he's out till Thursday. And guess who gets to, Mac Jones just gets to just sit there and go, yeah, I can win the starting job. It is now a battle in New England. Mac Jones can easily win this job. He is better than Cam Newton. He just is. He just is. N- not mentally, maybe not week one. But Mac Jones is Mac Jones ready to play. He, he just is. And if he's got the playbook as much as it looks like he, he has it, he just goes through his reads like this. Boom, 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 boom. That's what I expected of Mac Jones. That's the kind of quarterback he is. He's ready to go. He's he's smart guy. He's quick trigger. He's gonna win this quarterback battle. I think he might. I think I think now with joint practice, their last joint practice, they have two days of it. Cam's gonna miss one of the days, right? Cam's gonna Cam's gonna be there for one of the days though. So that's he is he does get to come back for one of those joint, which is good. Bill Belichick has gone on record saying joint practices show him a hundred percent more things than he needs to know than a preseason game could. That is big. For Mac Jones, because if he's cheesy and cooks up the Jets or the Giants defense or just looks good and Bill likes what he sees out of the guy, why not go with the 15th overall pick? Why not? Why not? And then you can bring Cam Newton in just like you can bring Taysom Hill in. Right. Bring Cam Newton in for some quarterback powers. Why not? I think I think Mac is going to win the job. Mac Jones is going to be starting quarterback in the NFL. He's going to start for the New England Patriots week one this season. That's a quarterback battle, ladies and gentlemen, not Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. All right, let's just go some news around the league here. Uh, I'm watching this freaking golf tournament, man. It's coming down to the wire. I'm really, I got, got some nice money here. John Rahm's probably going to win this thing, but oh well. All right, news around the league. Uh, Cardinals activated J.J. Watt off the pump list, which is fantastic. Uh, he's still not going to play any preseason games or do any activities, but we have a joint practice, and it'd be nice to have him out there. See what he can do. Make sure he's okay. Now, when they put him on the pump list, it wasn't because it was, you know, oh man, this is such a bad injury. No, they put him on there for precautionary, so they can they can have other people on their roster and get get a good look at other guys, right? You don't want you don't want to put him, on, you know, not have him on the pump list if he's not playing or not practicing, not participating. So you might as well put him on there that way you can add another guy on the roster spot. Maybe that guy makes the team. Boom. I don't know. But it's good for it's good for the Cardinals, the JJ Watts here, and it's also good that we haven't heard. I don't know if it's good or not good that we haven't really heard any Chandler Jones news. I don't know if that means that they've squashed it. I know that Chandler Jones is there, much like TJ Watt, just not participating in the 11-on-11s, any team activities, just doing the solo individual drills. But it's good for the Cardinals that J.J. Watt's there. I I mean, for someone that is a Cardinals fan and lives in Arizona, it's cool. I I, I really want to see him. You know, if I any video I could see of the guy, see how he looks because – he worries me a little bit. Jordan Love, shoulder, looks all good. 
Uh, he's set to return to practice today, and he should be a very big part of their third preseason game. Uh, he looks he looked better than I thought he did that first preseason game. He hurt his shoulder a little bit. It happens. It's practice football. I'm not too worried about it. They, I don't think Packers are very worried about it. So Jordan Love's going to come back, play well. And if he plays well, look, if Jordan Love, this is going to be the last time we're going to see Jordan Love, this last preseason game. That's it. This will be the last time we see Jordan Love until next year's preseason. And at that point, he'll either be the starter or still be the backup. But the only way he's still the backup is Aaron's still there. So this is probably going to be the last time we see Jordan Love until we see him as the starter for the Green Bay Packers because I don't believe Aaron's going to be there next year. So this is pretty much what the Packers got to go on. This is it. Okay. This is this is the last preseason game. It's the last live action game scenario you're going to see from this kid probably, right, until next offseason. And then at that point, Aaron's not going to be on your team anymore and you just got to roll the dice. You got to know, are we going to go with this kid or are we not going to go with this kid? Because that's crucial, man. It's very important. He needs to be – they, they at least need to see – Matt LaFleur needs to see some progression. I'm not saying go out there and go 15 for 15 for 150 yards and two touchdowns. No. Just see some progression. And what progression may mean to them is different from what I see or what you see or what any of us sees. Other than Matt LaFleur, that offense, that team, that franchise, that organization, whatever they need. If they could see some progression, if they like where it's going moving forward, if he can even look, if he looks as good as he did the first one, just a little bit better, perfect. You're fine. Fuck Aaron, leave. Let's go. Let's just roll with Jordan. We took him in the first round. Let's just do it. But it's crucial. If he comes out and doesn't look good, it's like, oh man, does he look? Does he not look good? Because he got a little soldier in. He hurt. He hurt his shoulder. And now it's just like, is he going to be one of those players that's like he gets a little knacked up injury? Jimmy Jimmy G, for instance, always getting little nicks ankles and shoulders and, and arms and, and knees and then you come out and you just don't play well after you sit out for a while that's I mean that's Jimmy G that's a lot of these quarterbacks and Jordan loves one of those guys that's not it Aaron's not one of those guys Aaron Aaron's kind of guy that throws four touchdowns with a dislocated freaking kneecap so I mean he's gonna bitch and cry about it the whole time and complain to the rest but he's gonna do it I mean he's gonna do it he's gonna make a huge deal about it after the game but he's gonna throw those four touchdowns is Jordan Loving gonna be on the field to throw those four touchdowns I don't know but this is a big preseason game for him. Big for him, big for the uh, for the Packers. Zach Wilson, uh, impressed. He impressed me. I, I think it was him and Mac Jones probably impressed me the most. And, uh, well, other than Jeremiah Wusu-Koamoa, that guy, that kid is going to be a stud. But um, Zach Wilson impressed. I mean, he threw, some, he threw some really nice balls. And I know we're going against twos here. And every time we talk about preseason – you got to take it with a grain of salt. Because at the end of the day, the preseason, what you do in the preseason, how you really perform, it doesn't really mean shit to what you're going to do in the regular season. We've seen it happen time and time again, right? But you got to know if we're competent. Like, is this guy competent to play? Like, is this, you know, just because you're great doesn't mean you're going to be great in the regular season. We see preseason heroes all the time. If I if I can remember what you did in preseason, that's not a good thing. Like Jalen Hurd of the San Francisco 49ers. Two years ago, had an amazing preseason. He like ran over. He had like 50 yard run, ran over two guys at the goal line, and that's all anybody ever talks about because the guys never played a freaking snap of regular season football. Oh, I'm sorry, he has, and he got hurt his first series. Like, come on. So, but Zach Wilson looked good. He did. He looked good. I know it was against twos, but I don't know how much it's going to translate. But he looked good. 
I don't, and I was confused because this his first game I saw him a little bit. It was I was just watching it really quick and fast. He didn't have very many throws. This game he had a lot more and he looked a lot better. And I just I'm very confused by all these reports coming out of the Jets camp about how he is struggling immensely. He's struggling to get the pay, playbook. He's skipping balls. He's doing this. Well, if that was true, there's no way that he comes out and looks the way that he did. I don't care if he's going against the twos. Because if you're struggling as much as they said he was in camp, that's why you got to take a lot of this shit the media says with a grain of salt, right? Or these people say. But Zach himself was coming out saying that he wasn't playing good. So either something completely switched and Zach Wilson just woke up one day, literally maybe last week, and was like, you know what? I got it. And he's just starting slinging the rock like crazy because it was a very Aaron Rodgers-esque quality to him. You know, I know that's what he gets comped with a lot. I don't see it. But he had a couple throws, nice uh, out-of-the-pocket throws. He impressed me. He impressed me. He looked better than I thought he was going to look in the preseason. But at the same time, I also thought Zach Wilson, good to go, ready to play. I don't think he's going to give you anything great, but I think he's going to be manageable, be able to win some ball games. It's not going to be Johnny Manziel. You know, I think he's. I think, I think Zach Wilson's in the Kirk Cousins category. That's where I think he's at. You know, could he be better? He's a better arm. Could he be better? Maybe. But he impressed me. You know, I, I thought he did very well. Carson Wentz returned to practice today, limited basis. But that's a good. That's a good news. Anytime you can get out on the field after an injury, and just be out there, with your cleats on and your helmet on, you know, anytime you could do that, you're getting better. You just are. Limited activity. You know, it's in his foot, so he's able to throw. So he's probably out there throwing without really taking any drops. He's not doing any dropping. He's getting a ball and just probably throwing. He's out there with with his helmet on. You know, he's out there with the team. That's good. That's good for the team. That's good for Carson. Uh, uh, Quentin Nelson is set to return this week, too. Obviously not to return, but on a limited time basis. I expect Quentin to be back faster than, than Carson. But that's just because Quentin Nelson is just really not human. He's a freak of nature. But it's good. It's really, really good for uh, for the Colts to have to, to have him back in practice. Uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore, still some trade rumors going around Stephon. Bill usually does not give guys not. And when I say usually, I, I use that term uh, loosely. I'm sorry. Bill never gives guys their third contract and he would give Stephon Diggs his third NFL contract. Bill doesn't do that. Bill's not a three contract guy. Bill's a two contract max kind of guy. And I just, I think he's, he's clearly been shopping him. We, we've heard some rumors. But I don't think he necessarily wants to let him go. I just he just wants him to play this year. He wants him to play this year, but I don't. Gilmore wants a new contract. He wants a new deal. I get it, because he's coming. I think Gilmore know. I mean, I think he should know. He's coming to the end of it. He this is the this is going to be the last big contract he's going to be able to get because in the middle of this contract, more than likely he's going to have to restructure because usually cornerbacks when they hit a wall, it kind of goes down quickly and you have to adjust. But you're not worth that much money. So we need to restructure a deal, and now you're going to be – you need to be a different type of player. Bill's not going to want to play him, pay him. But Bill has come out multiple times, multiple weeks, and people have asked him, and he says nothing but good things, which he always does. He says he's been working extremely hard. But there's some trade rumors, and I don't know if Stephon Gilmore is going to be on the Patriots the whole year. But if he is, that defense is going to be – I think that defense is already going to be really good. But if he's on there the whole year, they're going to be great. Bill Belichick's odds for coach of the year right now. It's like nine to one or no, I'm sorry. It was 16 to one. Last time I looked 16 to one coach of the year for a guy who's won it twice. 
for a guy who's arguably the greatest coach of all time. Now, whoever is the starting quarterback, if they win 10 games, Bill Belichick's probably going to win the coach of the year. It's, it'll be an excuse to give it to a guy who does definitely deserved it more than twice. But coach of the year doesn't go to the guy who has – coach of the year doesn't go to Andy Reid, right, who has Patrick Mahomes. You know, coach of the year goes to guys like, you know, Bill Belichick this year, who has Cam Newton and Mac Jones, who has Cam Newton, a washed-up quarterback, everyone says, quote-unquote, which, I mean, I don't use the word washed-up. Was he at one point? Yeah, has he resurrected himself? Kind of, maybe a little. And a rookie quarterback. And then you can come back off a COVID season, if you and you lose Brady, which still be the narrative. Post-Brady era is, is still the era we're living in in New England. It's going to be the era you're living in New England for a long time. If Mac Jones is, boom, all of a sudden Tom Brady, well, then you're not living it anymore because now you're living in the Mac Jones era. But right now you're living in the post-Tom Brady era. Bill Belichick's in that era. And if he can win 10 games this year, he can win He can win coach of the year. I got some, I might dabble a little cash on that. Might dabble about a little hundred bucks being nice. I mean, that's a hundred bucks pays about $1,600 for Bill Belichick to win coach of the year. That's, I feel like that's a really good bet out of all. Of, I mean, Brandon Staley is like uh, uh, nine to one odds. And I think he's the favorite or whatever. It's like 16 to one odds for Bill Belichick to win coach of the year with the team that's clearly going to be better than last year, even with or without Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I think I'm going to dabble a little quiche on that one. All right, well, yeah, I think that's going to do it today. Uh, wrap it up. I hope everybody has a great week. Uh, I'm going to finish watching this tournament. I think Cameron Smith, I got my guy putting for to save par to save in it, but he's only got two more holes to play down to. It's not going to happen, but. Have a great week. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll talk to everybody on Friday. See you. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope you're doing fantastic. I'm doing great. Had a great weekend. Uh, Had a little lake day. Went kayaking. It was beautiful. Uh, watched a little golf today. I got my first uh, fantasy draft coming up tonight. It's about, uh, oh shit, what do we got? Two, two and a half hours. I got my first fantasy draft pump for that. One of four. First of, first of four. Hopefully, hopefully get a couple wins this year. But th- we're not going to talk any fantasy. We're going to talk a little fantasy. We're going to talk real football because that's what we got going on. We're going to talk a little Big Ben. Looking a little healthy out there on the field. Steelers, maybe, maybe I slept on them a little bit. We're talking a little Big Ben. Quarterback battles going on in the NFL. I have some thoughts on because uh, I hear a lot about quarterback battles in the NFL. And then there's there's a lot of news going on in the league right now. So I thought I would just go through. I'm just going to go through. I, I brought up a lot of a, a lot of uh, bulletin points, stuff that's going on through the league. And we're just going to hit through them. And I'm just going to touch base on them right then and there. Stuff that's just going around the league. Uh, before we get into everything, before we do all that, please go ahead and go subscribe to the show if you have not done so. If you have, thank you, as always. But uh, all right, let's dive in it on a Monday. <laughs>